podcast series. This is season two, episode one on Always Angelic SBLs. This is our guest star, Spike, and today we'll be talking about COVID-19 shows. Hello, I am George Ikea Spike Green, and I'm glad to be back. That's good. Yeah. So, so what have you been watching on TV? Like, what's what's been on Netflix or, like, COVID-19 shows that have been really hot at the moment? I mean, well, the shows I... The shows I watch have nothing to do with COVID nineteen. It's uh, it's up to the news to to provide updates on COVID nineteen. That's uh, I, I think that's a given. But uh, <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, um, the shows I've been watching. Um, I have been watching on Prime. Um, Kevin Kniff himself, which is a a deconstruction of uh, the typical sitcom thing, and another show that I that I just binged the whole season one of was uh, F is for Family. Um, because it was interesting to see uh, how thing how things were back in the seventies that you know would never be accepted now. Obviously, you know mm, that's true. Yeah. So, mm. uh, what have you been watching? Um, nothing really. But when I have time, I watch. I started watching um, Squid Game on Netflix, and I also started watching Blind Spot, and that's on Netflix as well. Oh. Man, Squid Game. I've been, I've, I've been actually really interested in watching Squid Game. <laughs> it's really good, but it's a bit gory because there's a bit of blood. Like people get killed. Um, but like it's, it's good. Um, it's got a really good storyline too. So, uh, do you not like gore? Um, not too much, but the show isn't too bad. Um, because the show I was watching before, uh, had a lot more like blood in it, but this one's okay because it's nothing really graphical. Okay. I mean, personally, it's 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 weird with me because you know I can watch a show with blood and gore unless they do it toward animals. I just can't deal with that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense, though. Mm. And with animals, you can never tell whether it's fake or real. Like Apocalypse Now, they killed off a real animal on film. Wake in Fright, they had a. 10 minutes kangaroo hunt that was horrific you know oh my God. yeah I, I i like those movies still but i do not condone the uh, actual animal cruelty in them i wish that they had left mm-hmm. it out altogether but at the same time i'm in a position where um i think that they should still because it's already been filmed and stuff and it's been out for ages i don't think they should censor it because censoring the past only makes people, you know, they might commit the same mistakes again. Um, you know, it's just if they see that something went wrong in the past and they did this thing in the past, which shouldn't have been done, and then they realise, you know, we can't do this, we shouldn't do this, we must not do this, you know? So it's mm-hmm. it's always good to see those examples. It's like uh, if they censor the classic movies, like, uh, you know, Gone with the Wind with the really outdated attitudes... Um, I say keep that intact. Just put a disclaimer before it, if anything. A disclaimer saying, hey, this is like, uh, yeah, we don't accept this today, but we're keeping it for historical value. Yeah. I feel like shows shouldn't have to kill animals um, for part of the entertainment. Um, and it's, I, I, th- I think it's good how a lot of shows don't have that practice. Mm. It was especially bad in the 70s. Um, even Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory during the boat ride scene in the tunnel has an mm. actual chicken's head getting chopped off. 
Oh, yeah, I think I remember that saying. Mm, I always have to cover my eyes whenever anything like that comes up. That's really sad, but, yeah, um, at least most movies today aren't, um, aren't cruel towards animals. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's always good. Yeah. 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 Um, so in terms of the show you've been watching, um, Family with an F, are there any favourite characters you like on there? Well, uh, I mean, it's uh, like might be the wrong word for most of them, but <laughs> I mean, you can you can be entertain you can sorry you can be interested in the show, but not like the characters as long as what they're doing is interesting. Like there's a there's a father who's overly tough in the show. There's a son who <laughs> actually I kind of like the son, um, the older son in the show. He's a bit of a stoner. Um, <laughs> I basically he. You know, because in real life, I I support the right to recreationally use marijuana. It's less harmful than alcohol, in my opinion. So, therefore, I think that mm-hmm. it should be legalized. Uh, I'm not sure if you agree with me, but... Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I like... They had a, they, they had a bunch of... Because they, they're dealing with everything in the 70s in terms of, you know, progressive rock and... Uh, that sort of thing. Not progressive in the politic way. I mean progressive as in, I don't know what they mean by progressive rock. You know, but stuff like Pink Floyd or King Crimson, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I think, yeah, there's the there's the younger son. There's the, I think they have a daughter, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, the mother's voiced by Laura Dern, who you might recognize as uh, Ellie Sattler in Jurassic Park. Sorry, no, I don't watch that show. You've never seen Jurassic Park? Oh, that is no. such a good movie. You've is never it? seen... Oh. No. Oh, wow. Like, like you should definitely watch Jurassic Park if you get the chance. I think it's a fantastic film. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people have said that. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. And so... I know you said... Sorry. Oh, okay. You go first. Sorry, sorry. That was my um, fault. Yeah, sorry. Um. So with the question, um. Yeah. Uh, that you um, sorry that I asked about how you know did you have any favorite characters, and you said you like Cyrilline more because like sometimes characters aren't likable or or aren't the main focus. Um, and I kind of agree with that because a lot of the shows I'm watching, I don't necessarily like the characters or their characters can be awful, but the storyline's really good, or there's a lot of drama, and that's what I'm in for. Yeah, it's like a, a big example of an unlikable character that I'm still interested in watching is Tom Cruise in Rain Man. Um, he plays a very unlikable character, and he remains unlikable for a big chunk of the movie. But yet, the the hook of sympathy is the is the his uh, autistic brother. And notably, oh notably, Rain Man is like the first representation of autism. But at the same time, um, some people say that it might not even be autism it's covering. But at the time, like, okay, basically, just to simplify things, Rain Man was the first representation of autism in film, I'm pretty sure, unless I'm mistaken. So for that, I find it quite interesting. And it, it also, it's also a good movie, too, I reckon. Okay. Very different types of autism, as we know. Like we, I, I think that uh, Raymond um, Dustin Hoffman in the film is uh, 
he, uh, you know, he's the type who can count toothpicks, but it, it plays into the stereotypes a bit. You know, the old stereotype about, oh, they're always really good at maths. I hated maths. It's <laughs> <laughs> mm, interesting. Yeah, I haven't watched Rain Man, but I've heard mixed reviews. Some people have said it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel it's, like... Um, sorry, were you going to say something again? It's It's been ages since I watched it, but I remember it being good. <laughs> yeah, I've... I actually, I don't know if I've seen the, the um, trailer, but I've I've heard a lot of good things about it, even though there's a bit of backlash about how autism is portrayed. I've heard the storyline is really good. Um, yeah. Whereas uh, something like, uh, you know, I, um, I, I actually want to bring something up here. Um, mm-hmm. Buying things secondhand when they're controversial. Like, for example, you know how J.K. Rowling had the whole transphobia thing? Um, oh, yeah. Therefore, I don't support her. Um, therefore, if I wanted to buy a Harry Potter movie, I'd do so through eBay. I was thinking the only way, because I was curious about, I was going to bring this back to autism. The only way that I would uh, um, ever watch music would be secondhand, because the whole Sia debacle about the autism thing, it's just, yeesh, whoa. I, I was cringing through that whole thing, and I've heard so many things about the movie, and it just seems... Oh, it, it seems like it'd be upsetting to even sit through with all the, with all the things, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I feel with um music um, like from my memory, I I did watch it. I feel like there was a lot of um good things about it. Like they did portray some aspects of autism truthfully. Like the girl had headphones on; she needed to have a quiet space. Um. And she had a very set routine every day. But some of the other things um, weren't really portrayed properly or correctly or in a way that made autism look good. Like it made it look like it was a disability or it just, it made me feel a bit embarrassed um, because there was a scene where the girl had to be restrained. And at the time I felt it was a bit cringe. But um, some people say um, that scene was done respectfully. But there's just there's so much... Um, emotions that can come out of a film like that if you've watched it and if you've got autism but I feel like um it wasn't a bad film but I feel like I probably wouldn't watch it again Mm, that restraint scene you mentioned I saw the scene in question actually and Mm. I think it's terrible because people have actually said that that type of restraint can kill someone in real life really yep wow I didn't know that bit Mm. And also, yeah, it's like uh, there, there was a, I can't remember, but there was a, yeah, I can't remember what I was going to say. Okay, um, moving on from that. Um, yeah, I'm, I, uh, yeah. So uh, how, how have you been surviving through COVID? Yeah, good, good. Um, well, I have been watching a bit of TV, but also I finished and started um, a course on writing children's books. Oh, how awesome. Yeah. Like, like uh, novels or more like picture books, like Wombat Stew or Her Very Hungry Caterpillar? Uh, well, the assignments were around uh, picture books, but also writing text for a, a novel for a primary school age group. Oh, nice. Mm. Wow. I, yes. I always thought that uh, children's books would be a great way to not only have another creative outlet, but I always did think that uh, children's books could 
actually be a way to raise some finances for potential movies. Yes, yeah. I, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, like um, uh, I, I was thinking. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, um, you got. I was thinking about it. Ah, well, I, 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 I try, I try not to talk over. I'm sorry. I, it's, I'm, I'm blaming myself for that one. Sorry, I'm blaming myself for all of the interruptions. Um, okay, what were you going to say, Susanna? Uh, I was going to say um, that writing a children's book is not as easy as it sounds because there's a way to write it. You have to use like particular words, particular rhythm. Like you might need to use um, rhyming, and the storyline has to be relatable to children. And also, the really big thing is marketing it to um, a publisher or to a literary. Hang on, literacy agent. Uh, they kind of they there are a person you go to before you get it published. Um, it's very hard, and it's just there's a lot of steps, so it's not not as easy as what people think. Mm. I I do I do get that. Uh, also, writing the thing would actually be a bit hard. I mean, you know, Dr. Mm. Seuss sure had a lot of skill writing those rhymes. I mm. mean, like Dr. Seuss may not have been the best person, but his books were certainly sublime. You know, sublime. Yeah. That's that's a word that you can't use in little kids' books. They're, they're not they're not going to know what it means. They're probably too young to want to read the dictionary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like uh, a lot of, in terms of movies, though, um, physical-based movies, like movies that tell the story visually quite a bit, um, like E.T. or The Iron Giant, I think those could really appeal to kids, although I would keep in mind the scariness sometimes um, of both those movies for those kids in terms of, yes, they definitely have some scary stuff in there, but a lot of it's visual. And I find when I was a kid, um, I didn't, I didn't appreciate, say, The Incredibles as much as I do now, because The Incredibles is a bit more dialogue-driven, a bit more, uh, yeah, when you, when you go back and watch it, it's more dialogue-driven, there are more mature situations, um, you know, all I really saw was, like, the action and all that, and then I grow up, and uh, I watch it again, and it becomes one of the better Pixar films for me. Yeah, that's interesting, because I feel <laughs> a similar way, um, like, it was very dialogue-heavy, but I really enjoyed it. Um, well, as a kid, I don't know if I would watch it again, but um, that was kind of a different movie to watch, but it was still very relatable when I was younger. Yeah. I mean, they, they had a, like, like they had the, uh, I remember, because they developed every character in that film pretty much. Like, you know, the, the baby was a bit of a supporting character, like Maggie is in The Simpsons. But then you had, like, Dash got his own story. Violet got her own story. The parents got their own story. Um, Mister Mister Incredible even got the story with Frozone, and yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and um, I just found it to be um a good movie at the time because sometimes children's like books or but also children's um movies are often not very interesting. Like they really kind of cliche or then it really done in a way that makes the characters come to life exactly oh man that is just i have that issue with so many kid films it's like oh um we're gonna we're gonna talk down to the kids instead of uh, respect them um except if you're uh if, except if you're most pixar movies except if you're holes with shia labeouf i know shia labeouf is a very problematic person and i don't support him um but you know holes is a good movie though um matilda that's another good one yeah mm-hmm. Jumanji. Now that's now that's nice and visual, and it gets kind of scary at times too. I I, I really like Jumanji. 
Um, do you like the original or the new one? Uh, the original I was referring to. Oh, yeah. Um, I saw Welcome to the Jungle, though. That was pretty good. I, I haven't seen Next Level yet, though. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Um, so with the first, sorry, I'm just trying to think of the show you started off talking with about, um, F is for family. Um, uh, yes. That, yeah. Would you watch that show until the end? Um, yeah, I, I reckon so. Like it, it's kind of weird because it's, you know, it's, it's not always laugh out loud funny, but it's kind of just almost easy watching, but kind of interesting to see what the period was like. Um, but also, you know, it's ending with season five and they're like half hour episodes, anywhere from six to ten a season. And I'm like, well, I can marathon a season in a day if I want. <laughs> exactly. And that's that's the thing, though. Marathon marathon streaming versus individual streaming. Like, that's the thing. Do you, which one do you prefer? Do you prefer waiting week by week to want to find out what's next? Let it be in pop culture a bit longer? Or do you like want to have all the episodes out at once like Netflix does? Um, honestly, I feel like I'm more the person to watch it week by week. Like, I'm not re- I'm not usually a one to binge watch a lot of shows in one day. The only time I did that, I think, was a couple of years ago when I watched um, The Lion King. The no, not The Lion King. The Tiger King. Oh, oh, that's. I actually stayed away from that show myself. I was afraid it was going to show too much animal abuse. Um, it did, but it didn't. Like, it wasn't graphic. Um. The the guy that kind of is scared of lions, he's kind of a big sook. Mm, okay then. Well, I haven't seen the show, so I, I don't know any of the characters. Or I think it's a documentary, isn't it? Yeah. It documentary about horrible people. It seems. Because yeah. you know animal abusers. Yeah, but it had some good sides to it. Like it was, it's it's a show that's not overly negative. Like it's got um a bit of everything, and it had. Like really bizarre things, which I won't t- like talk about here. Um, but it was worth watching if you're into something that's a bit weird, like I am. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, one of my favorite movies is, after all, being John Malkovich, and that's plenty weird. <laughs> I oh my god, I tried to look up that show recently to watch it. Um, it's on a Netflix, and I really want to watch it, so I ended up watching something else on Netflix, but I can't remember what. Was it a uh, uh, just rewatching Eternal Sunshine? <laughs> No, but I actually do want to watch Eternal Sunshine again. Hmm. I mean, I I, w- I I definitely rewatched that one myself. I mean, yeah, it's just uh, Charlie Kaufman. Um, what I've seen, so I've only seen Malkovich and Sunshine. I haven't yet seen Adaptation, or I'm thinking of Ending Things, or Anna Lisa, or Cynic uh, Doce New York. I am probably pronouncing that wrong, but whoops, sorry if I pronounced it wrong. <laughs> It's okay. Yeah, I mean, Charlie Kaufman, I'm pretty sure he only wrote Adaptation, John Markovich, and Eternal Sunshine. They all were directed by someone else, in fact. Yeah. Mm, okay, yeah, I think you said something like that before. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. But it's very much uh, Kaufman's ideas, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Hmm. Oh yeah, and Spike Jones, sorry Jones, um, J O N Z E, um, who directed Malkovich and adaptation, would later go on to do. I actually saw another one of Spike jo- 
Spike Jones films, which was uh, Where the Wild Things Are, based on the picture book. Oh, yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah. It's been yeah. so many years since I watched it, but I just knew it just was not what I expected, and in a good way. I feel like I'd appreciate it more now if I went back to it, like like I did with uh, Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox, in fact. I haven't seen that movie fully. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Was, my, it was my introduction to Wes Anderson and his symmetry, his colours, his everything, his whole aesthetic if you will and the second film i saw of his was the royal tenenbaums i saw the grand budapest hotel eventually actually that was actually pretty good i've seen a bunch of his movies like uh, a bunch of them are owned by by disney um partially some through touchstone which is like the more mature imprint of disney and some through of course uh, fox searchlight pictures which was the specialty wing of like 20th century fox which of course is owned by disney <laughs> mm. Yeah. That's so cool. So uh since it lets us only record half an hour at a time, um would you like to would you like to start a new recording for the next part of the uh episode? Yeah, sure. All right. Okay. We'll be right back after the- <laughs> And we're back. Hi, everybody. We're back on Always Angelic Aspialis, and we were just talking about shows we've been watching during COVID-19 life, even though I did say um, these shows were COVID-19 shows. Um, I basically just mean shows we've been watching in lockdown. So, Spike, um, did you want to elaborate on anything you said before? Um, Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just, uh, I, I think I was finished with what I was saying, actually. I uh, I just thought that uh, the episode was going to, yeah, I just thought, you know, um, why, why, why make it 20 minutes when this discussion's been just awesome, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, oh. Uh, <laughs> sorry, um, is it okay if I go? Yeah, yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. So with the show that I was watching on Netflix, it was called Blind Spot. It's about a girl who was chucked in a bag and then the bag was chucked onto a street in New York and she had all these studies all over her when she crawled out and she had no memory of her and no memory of her life. And basically she's on a mission to do one thing, but at the same time she's trying to help the police and she actually sometimes doesn't know if she's on the good side or the bad side. Um, so she's trying to figure out that part side of herself, but also her tattoos are really interesting because they all give hints to things that happened to her or things that happened to uh, criminals and they actually are helping the investigation um, on these crimes that are happening throughout the story. Mm-hmm. I actually I actually watched something a bit similar once. It was called Memento. It was one of Christopher Nolan's early films and... It was a man with short-term memory loss, and there were there were some black and white segments which were like the present, and there were some mm-hmm. color segments. Now the black and white segments would move forward, and the color segments would move backwards. Now this man um, was played by Guy Pierce, and he had tattoos all over his body to try to remember things, like the woman in Blind Spot has. And basically, yeah, he has short-term memory loss, so he's trying to piece things together to. Uh, to solve who murdered his wife. That's so cool. Yeah, pretty cool, I guess. Um, but uh, I, I know it's working off the fridging cliche, I guess. You know, oh, it's always 
you know that cliche where it's like, oh, you know, the wife is killed off to further the guy's story. I know it uses that, but I mm-hmm. I felt it was a good movie anyway, in spite of that. That's good. Yeah. And Christopher Nolan's a good director. I mean, we both know. I mean, Inception, Interstellar, Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah, I think I've heard his name before in um, films and things. Yeah. Inception especially. I actually really liked Inception. Um, I felt like you got the balance right between uh, not confusing the audience, but not uh, simplifying things. Um, the Prestige was pretty good too, but also I saw te- I, act- I actually saw Tenet at the drive-in um, last year, I think it was. And basically, it was the sound mixing was so poor in that film, I could not make out most of what they were saying, and I hated that. Oh, that's a shame. Mm, people had complaints about Interstellar being like that sometimes. Like, there's a scene where a rocket engine literally drowns out a character's dialogue. Oh, yeah. That's that's not good. Mm. That's uh, the last time I went to the cinema was when, uh, was when Melbourne, the border to Melbourne was still open. And basically I went to go and see Mortal Kombat. That- was that good? Um, I actually, I, I had a quite a bit of fun with it. I played the Mortal Kombat game all the time. Um, well, not all the time these days. When I was like, you know, I, I play it time to time. That's more realistic to say, really. But, um, <laughs> okay, um, it was my first, I'd seen plenty of R18 Plus films um, in my life, but this was the first one I went to see at the cinema. And the lady who was at the cinema was like, well, uh, you know, I, uh, I'll i check the, uh, like, she she was you know, by law, you're supposed to check IDs for anyone going to an R film. And so I was like, well, you haven't checked my ID. Here's my ID. And she's like, no, it's okay. Um, I trust that uh, you're over 18 because, you know, I had the beard and stuff. Um, I actually shaved the beard off recently. Probably going to grow it back. Anyway, um, that's a bit off point. Um, she said she did have to turn away an eight-year-old kid and his father from going into the film. Which, uh, why would you let an eight-year-old kid near that? So anyway, I went to the cinema. I actually told this story on my most recent episode. I'm just kind of repeating it here, so I'll paraphrase. If anyone's, if anyone's heard the, if anyone's heard that episode and is over here, I'll just paraphrase it. Um, I went to the cinema, was alone except for one lady who went in and out um, for uh, half the movie. Like, she was in for half the movie, then she went out again. So I was basically in cinemas um, myself. And it was an awesome experience to just be there in the cinema. And I even cheered a particular line in the film. I'm not going to say to avoid spoilers, but yeah, I had fun with it. It's not a masterpiece or anything, but I had fun with it. That's good. It sounds like you enjoyed yourself. Oh, most definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. Sorry, of um, movies. Um, I was going to see Lapsus with a friend because I have a free voucher. Um, but uh, the voucher was valid um, from a few months ago. And I don't know if it's still valid now because the movie might not be showing um, because it may not be showing anymore at the movies. But I really yeah. want to see Lapsus. And it's about um, uh, something I can't remember. It's sort of like um, a bunch of like technology and people have to be trained to use it. And if they don't, something bad's going to happen. Oh, so what was it? What was it called again? Lapsus, um, L A P S I S, I think. Uh, lap lapsus. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I haven't been able to go to the cinema since uh, since June because of the COVID thing. Me too. Um, lapsus sci-fi drama, six point two on IMDb. Oh, okay. Must be must be more of an independent film. I'm always down to support those. I mean, yeah, yeah I actually. Oh, I I forgot to mention. Um, I actually gave in about forty seven dollars to support an independent, very low budget film in the UK. That's good. What was the movie called? The Maya. Um, the Maya. Tr- I'm I'm gonna put a trigger warning here for uh for themes of, for lack of a better word, because part of the premise involves the possibility of suicide. Oh, okay. So basically, um, the film is about a cult leader. This is just the synopsis, like it's still got a film and all that. Um, the synopsis is, it's a cult leader who makes a cult, and part of the cult is, you know, they're eventually going to commit suicide together. And so two of the members of the cult um, are in the cult and they have to convince the leader to come back and join the thing. But then the leader doesn't want to. And the leader, you know, it's it's what I was saying before about uh, I, I'm going to guess that we're not we're like we're not really supposed to sympathize with the characters. They're, you know, unlikable, but interesting. That's what I'm going to guess that direction is mm-hmm. going to go with. And that's not a bad thing at all. In fact, it's a rather a good thing. Um, yeah, I actually, I know the two people who are making it, um, who are going to film it very soon after this podcast is published. Um, he, Chris Watt is writing it and Adam Nelson is directing it. And, uh, yeah, they, I, I talked to both of them on Twitter. They're actually really cool. Um, actually, you know what? One of the coolest things, usually the special thanks perk was like, um, you know, like just, uh, dollars, sorry. Um, dollars and dollars. I, 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 I'm trying to find a better way to say that. It's like you have to pay hundreds of dollars <laughs> usually yeah. to get like a producer credit or something. But then they were so proud with uh, how I promoted the film that they decided, George, Spike, um, you are going to be in the special thanks of this movie when it's done. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty surreal. I mean, I did see. Uh, I I I've I have seen my name on the big screen before. Have I ever told you about uh, Timmy the Turtle? Um, what, a, a project that one of my friends did. Um, one of my you friends. Did, yeah. Yeah. Um, I got to see my name in the end credits there, and of course, hearing my voice on the cinema speakers as, uh, yeah, Shane the Shark. You're not a fish. Oh, I can do better than that, but my throat might be wearing out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah so it, it was a lot of fun doing the voices for that i had a whole episode of my on uh, on the collective podcast dedicated to that actually wow yeah. that's so cool i actually took a long hiatus it was about two three months um because i was like i started to i started to doubt my ability in the podcast i actually i i i know i'm shameless i'm shamelessly plugging my podcast i'm sorry i, I probably shouldn't i'm sorry but that's okay. You can promote as much as you want. Okay. Um, so basically, I was just uh, I'm trying to find the episode in which I in which I make the comeback, which I discuss I discuss my depression, my anxiety, um, quite openly. I think that was a good episode, but I understand if people don't want to listen to it, which I get that. Um, I came back with the yeah episode 140, a discussion after the hiatus. 
episode 141 was covering nostalgia and episode 142 was the future of cinemas where i mentioned my model combat story as as well as here obviously yeah there's probably going to be more episodes um you know I, i do them every wednesday it's uh it's been interesting i figured i'd probably do more of them in the in the in covid but it's just it's been i you know i i sometimes there's burnout i'm sure mm-hmm. i'm not, like i'm sure you've been through burnout yourself creative burnout or something oh yeah i had to take like nearly a five or six month break from social media um especially my blog and um, my other platform, um, the podcast, because I had no ideas and I was just really burnt out. Mm, That was exactly me with the podcast. Mm, Well, uh, I mean, I, sorry, yeah. So I just want to say, yeah, it's hard. Oh yeah. Like, I just feel like there are so many ideas, but then I'm like, some weeks I'm like, oh, what do I, what shit, what what idea do I come up with? (laughs) Exactly. And it's just, it's tough. Yeah, it's really tough. I actually, uh, I actually, uh, you know, I, I, I was, I almost, I almost thought, you know, how do, cause I don't, I, I think that, I think that, uh, we haven't really received any, uh, um, criticisms on any of the creative projects. And I know that's definitely tough to deal with, but, um, I bring this up because I went, I checked my videos lately um, from about a year ago now, mm-hmm. and I did a video. I, I'm sure, I'm sure you probably remember watching it, but I did a video on the channel, which I plan to get back to, by the way, about racism and bullying and how both of those things are bad. And mm-hmm. I, I looked, and it turned out that it's got one dislike. One dislike. Yep. Mm, that's not good. I feel like YouTube shouldn't have a dislike button. It should just be a like button because if you're going to have a dislike button, people that see all the dislikes, they're going to get too focused on the dislikes. Yeah, because, yeah, some people have mentioned to me, like, uh, you know, like, that some people, like, I agree with you too. Um, Some people also agree with us that, yeah, dislike button, gone, should be gone. Maybe except for Justin Bieber music videos. I'll be happy to press it on those, but... um. <laughs> Um, yeah. I mean, no offense to those who like his music, obviously. Um, okay. So, I, yeah, I was thinking, because uh, it's easier. I think some people say it's easier to believe the negative feedback than it is the positive, And I feel that's really sad because it's just, I, there's a bunch of likes on that video. It's not my best video, granted. And I think I make a few metaphors that while I had good intentions, I, you know, I, I actually, I actually kind of regret making that video because I meant well. And I stand by, you know, racism's bad, bullying's bad, but I feel like I could have done it better than I did, you know? Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, um, I almost considered deleting it once or twice, but I, I ended up keeping it up there. Yeah, I feel like that video is um, a really good video. And, um, yeah, I I feel similar to you, like some of my blog posts or podcasts I wanted to delete and I ended up deleting on my social media because I didn't like it because I was embarrassed or I didn't think it was my best work. But I put it all up again because I'm like, it shows how far I've come. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I, that's what I was thinking in terms of, 
you know, I think it's better to keep things up because I think I was saying earlier about how, um, you know, taking out the past is bad because, you know, we can, we can see especially how even a single person like one of us has learned from, you know, this is what, this is what we wrote in the past and this is what we write now and look how far we've come, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to wrap up this podcast episode just because, well, I'm getting a bit tired. And Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, so thank you for listening into our new podcast. Sorry, our new season of Always Angelic Aspialis. This is season two of the revival of my new blog and podcast. So, so we're jumping straight into season two. We're no longer doing season one, which is the old podcast that I put back up. We hope you've enjoyed this first episode of the new season. So see you later. All right. Bye-bye.